Welcome, everybody, to the High on the Hogs podcast. This is your host, Steve Henson, and joining me this week for, I know, we missed our other podcast this week, but joining me this week <laughs> on the pod is my good buddy, Tyler Davis. Tyler, you ready for football this week? I am. I'm, I've already flushed last week out of my brain. Um, I, we'll get into this later, but obviously you were right about some things that we argued about in the last podcast. Arkansas came down to earth a little bit. They ran into a really good football team, but I think that they've got a game and a matchup Saturday that they can win. Yeah, I mean, A&M is, you know, for all the all the junk we give them, and, and, and as Arkansas fans, we hate, you know, what is it, nine years in a row, nine games in a row we've lost to them. So, um, you know, it just it sucks. We hate it. It's no fun to lose. Um, and it's no fun to give A&M any credit for anything. Um, but, you know, it's a good team. I mean, Mon, we said make Mon beat us, and Mon beat us. And, 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 <laughs> he did it. Yeah, and so, I mean, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I, it, it was frustrating, um, but not exactly unexpected. And I think there was some things to glean a lot of hope of uh, out of that game. We'll talk about that too. Uh, so uh, sorry, as I said at the opening, we did not have a podcast to open the week. So um, Andy has um, come down with uh, one of them, their viruses and uh, is going to be missing for a bit. Um, you know, this time of year, you can't uh, ever be too careful and uh, with good old COVID running around. So um, unfortunately I had to Go solo on the broadcast tonight of our Natural State Sports Game of the Week between Sylvan Hills and Searcy, which ended up uh, not being much of a game. Sylvan Hills handled business 41-7 <laughs> to tonight. So they, congratulations to the Sylvan Hills Bears as they take care of business and win the 6A East. Uh, picked seventh by Hootons in the East this year and ends up winning the conference. So great job by the Sylvan Hills Bears. Uh, so as we, as we look, well, let's look back for a minute and I know we missed the early pod. Let's look back for a minute and let's just talk a little bit about what happened on Saturdays. Arkansas traveled to college station. We know we won't get the return trip and we're not going to argue that again this week, but, uh, (laughs) number eight, Texas A&M handled business against Arkansas 42, 31, Arkansas does cover the spread again, so there's there's one of those wins. We get Backdoor f- cover by boy, yeah. That's right. So you get 5-0 and o with that. So uh, give me some of your thoughts on the way the game went down and, and, and how you feel coming out of that game. Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit surprised. Um, I would think I was more surprised by the, by the way that A&M had success against Arkansas instead of the actual success that they had. Um, I think that the obvious negative was that that Arkansas's defense really did come back down to earth. Um, I know they had really had some good game plans for teams like Mississippi State and Ole Miss, um, but whatever they were doing against A&M wasn't working. Um, like you said, Kellen Mond, I mean, what can you say? I mean, he's been there forever. He's experienced, and he knows what to do. He sat back there in the pocket all day long. Um, they had only given up two sacks going into the uh, into that game. They didn't give up any against Arkansas. Arkansas just couldn't get any pressure. Uh, he only had five incompletions, 260 yards, three touchdowns. Um, tied in Jalen Weidermeyer was was a nightmare. Um, six catches, 92 yards, two touchdowns. Um, obviously, the big moment for Arkansas's defense early um, with the ejection of, of Jalen Catalan um, and targeting in the first quarter was really, really difficult for the defense. I don't think they ever really recovered after that. He's kind of the quarterback back there. Um, and that's, that's a big reason why the tight end was able to get open. Um, I know our guy Hudson Clark um, was picked on a little bit. Let's just be honest. 
Um, I, I think Pro Football Focus said that he was targeted eight times, um, gave up eight catches for 111 yards and a touchdown. So pretty much anything, anytime they wanted to go at him at work, it felt like they he, they gave up about 30 catches. But, yeah, they picked on him a little bit. But, yeah, the, overall the defense just, just kind of came back down to earth with humbled um, and just couldn't get any pressure, and, and, and the zone defense just got shredded. Yeah, I was really disappointed, and, and I, I've said this to a few few buddies this week and a few other folks. I was disappointed in the what seemed to be a lack of adjustments by Odom yeah. on the defensive side. I, it just it was like, and I and I get it. The loss of Catalan was really big. Um, you know, I don't. You're right. I don't think we can under understate how important having Catalan back there is. And especially when it was the middle of the field that seemed to be wide open all all afternoon, mm-hmm. and, and so that was disappointing. And I, and I don't again, I don't know if that's just the fact that Arkansas, you know, based on some some things that they were missing. Obviously, you know, as much love as we give for the linebackers, as great as they are, and, and my apology door, tour continues towards them. But you know, there's some limitations there, and I think A and M was able right. to pick on that this week. And and so you know, yeah. The the final score forty two to thirty one you lose by eleven but let's be let's be real about this I mean as hog fans you know we talked about the overconfidence of the fan base last week mm-hmm. at, the, at the end of the day this is an A and M team that's four and one they're number eight they're top ten in the country their only loss was to Alabama they took care of a top you know top ten Florida team um, this is a good A and M team as much as we don't want to admit it we don't want to give them the credit this is a good A and M team and now are they going to run the table and, and get in the playoff I guess theoretically they possible could <laughs> I, I think they would also get just absolutely manhandled in a playoff game if that were to I happen. agree I agree yeah you know I just you know Arkansas just did some uncharacteristic things this week when you look at I mean this was a team that defensively third down they'd been really pretty good you know the, the running jokes always been and, and what a week for it when you're when you're playing Texan AA I mean Tennessee right. this week but and even A&M with the Chavis but <laughs> back in the day but it, it felt like third and Chavis all over again as yeah. as every time A&M was in a third down they seemed to convert it seven out of 11 for the game almost 70 percent you know and on the flip side of that Arkansas goes three of 12 and, and that's just not going to win a, a lot of football games for you. Yeah, they offensively Arkansas wasn't good on third down, but I will say uh, I think that was probably Arkansas's best offensive game of the year. I mean, you look at Felipe Franks; he had 239 yards and three scores. He had a career high 91 yards rushing, and he would have had over 100 without the sacks. And um, they finally got Raheem Boyd going. He he got to 100 yards, by far his best game. Um, they really need him to be able to to be working on all cylinders and, and Traylon Burks. I mean. Obviously, he's the best player on the offense. He continues to be a mismatch and a nightmare for defenses. Seven catches, 117 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, if you look at the stats, uh, if you had told me that after after the game, without knowing the score, that Arkansas would have four more first downs, that they would outgain A&M and outrush them by 40 yards and not have a single turnover, I would have told you they probably won that game. So, I mean, they had, had good enough stats to win the game. The fact is they just couldn't get enough stops. Um, I, I think I had on there that, that A&M had, had scored on like six straight possessions and it was all touchdowns after punting early on. So offense had some good positive things uh, and, and they got off to a fast start. I know that Pittman said that that was, that was something that they repeated all week long is to start fast. Coming into that game, they didn't even have a single first down on an opening drive. I think That's they had not, not even 30 total yards combined in all their opening drives 
that year. But the, the opening drive against A&M was scripted perfectly. Um, I think Franks went four for four for 24 yards and a touchdown. Boyd ran for 27. Franks ran for 35. Um, 12 plays, 87 yards. So they really got off after getting A&M off the field quickly. Went down the field, did basically whatever they wanted and scored. And, and they had flashes throughout the game. So I, I feel positive about the direction of the offense. Yes, the defense took a step back. I think that that was more of a mismatch thing. I think that they'll they'll come back and, and be better against Tennessee. Well, and you took a lot of my points away there, which should shorten this podcast up quite a bit because I, <laughs> I won't keep it going. But you're right. I mean, some really. I'm I'm a stat guy. I like to look at the numbers, and and, and a lot of times the numbers will tell you the you know they tell you the story of the game. And I mean, you look at it, Arkansas outgains Tennessee. I mean, Texas A&M, I'm already jumping ahead. They outgained Texas A&M 461 to 442. You know, they were right on par, just about passing, 239 to 260. Uh, rushing, Arkansas outgains. Who would have thought that, that Arkansas would outgain no, yeah. A&M rushing? If you would have told me before that Arkansas was going to outgain A&M in, in rushing yards, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Arkansas wins. And yeah. 222 to 182. So, I mean, by a wide margin at that, we averaged 5.3 yards per rush. And then penalties, Arkansas had five for 51, A&M nine for 100, no turnovers in the game, and any time possession was five minutes difference in A&M's favor. So, I mean, you look at the numbers and you think, okay, Arkansas really seemed to do well, but it was just the big moments in the game, A&M was able to get things done. And and, and an important piece that you brought up there too was obviously that fast start. Arkansas defensively comes out, shuts down A&M, gets the ball, goes down the field, and, and, and scores, and you're right. The, the big takeaway I think that we need to take away from this, and I don't think it can be – I don't think we can state this enough. The offense looked really good. I mean, they had their moments yeah. where it was, you know, Franks held on to the ball a little too long at times, um, you know, some different things here or there. But I thought overall, you know, you're right. The offense had their by far their best game, the most complete game of the year. You know, a balanced attack, 239 and 222, you know, rushing and passing. So – I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things we can take away from this. And more importantly, A&M's a good defense. I mean, you know, yeah, they've been beat up by Florida and Alabama, but a lot of teams are going to get beat up defensively by Florida and Alabama. And Arkansas went in there and played pretty darn well against a pretty darn good Texas A&M defense. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all in the perspective because I know on our last podcast, you made a really good, a lot of really good points about how Arkansas fans may be getting ahead of themselves. I mean, if you if you look at if Arkansas, the team Arkansas had last year and the year before had played this A&M team, it would have been an absolute blowout. Oh, yeah. Um, there's no way they're hanging around and coming back and, and covering the spread or any even close to that. So, I mean, we need, to, we need to realize that Arkansas has made a lot of strides, and obviously they're just not at the point where they're ready to beat the top teams in the SEC. But, I mean, let's pump the brakes. Where did we think we were going to be when we started this? A&M just has the ingredients with, with a great, I mean, like a, a nationally great offensive line, an experienced quarterback, an all-SEC tight end and running back, and like you said, a good enough defense to beat you. I mean, they, they're going to win most of their games this year. So for Arkansas to be competitive, to put up that kind of points and those kind of yards, overall, I, you can't really be dis- too disappointed with a performance like that. No, and, and I want to make this clear, too, before we get into our players of the game. 
that we're not sitting here, at least I'm not sitting here going, okay, Hog fans, lose the confidence and be happy with moral victories this week. No, no, no. Not at all. Don't get us wrong. That's not the that's not the point. You know, obviously, you know, we can take away from this and, and it's funny because when this season started, my, my good fan my, my good buddy Wes Roberts, him and I talked about this season and I started, you know, talking about the things that would make this season successful for me. And he's like, Oh great. It's just going to be a moral victory year, right? <laughs> and, I mean, it felt like that. It was like, okay, if Arkansas can yeah. stay within 10 of everybody, everyone would be happy even if we went 0-10 if we stayed within 10. <laughs> and I got mm-hmm. blown out. And so, you know, we're past the point of moral victories. I mean, this as a fan base, we can go into just about every game and at least have that feeling of expectations of a win, and and, and that's good. I, I, I love that. I just – I think obviously this week was a week that we got to, this past week was a week we got to kind of, like you said, temper those expectations. But now we look forward at, at a few games, you know, a few weeks here where we got some opportunities and it starts this week with, with a Tennessee team that, you know, that's obviously mm-hmm. headed a different direction. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. And, uh, and, and again, as we turn the page on AM, I, I, you know, it's a loss. It sucks, but again, Arkansas can can pull some really good things, and as a fan base, we can be pretty happy with some of the things we saw out of that game. Yeah, I mean, it's not a moral victory, but sometimes you do just run into a better team. I mean, I think that was kind of the case here. Texas A&M is frankly just better than Arkansas this year. They were better um, on on last at last Saturday night, and and they deserve to win. All right, so our players of the game. I'll start on offense. You know, obviously, Rakeem Boyd, 18 carries, 100 yards, 5.6 yards per carry in a touchdown, and by far his best game of the season. And hopefully, he just continues to get, uh, you know, continues to get more healthy and, and continues to get more carries. And and then you had, of course, Felipe Franks had a good game. Traylon Burks looked really good. From the offensive side, for me though, I'm going to give it to Felipe Franks again this week. 23 of 31, 239, three touchdowns. Doesn't turn the ball over this week. He runs for 91 mm-hmm. yards. Uh, had had the, the the longest run of the game at 28 yards. Uh, you know, and and again, we could sit here. You could give Traylon Burks the player of the game every single week just when he walks out <laughs> on the field. I mean, right. Uh, but you know, I don't. Again, as bad as the quarterback position has been for the last few years at Arkansas, I don't think we can understate it enough just how good Felipe Franks has been for the quarterback position at Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, I, if, if I had to pick one, obviously you can give it to any of those big three. I'd probably pick Felipe, but since you did that, um, I'm going to give it to Rakeem Boyd because I think he needed the game, this kind of game more than anybody. Um, he had really struggled coming into the A&M game. And I know, obviously, that game's personal for him, having been on that team in the past. Um, but he looked a lot healthier. Um, he ran with a purpose. He was he was faster. I mean, I think that being able to really establish a, a Boyd Smith duo in the backfield is important for Arkansas going forward. And they really got the running game going much more effective than they had in prior games. So I'll give it to Rakeem Boyd. He has he had a big game, and uh, hopefully he continues that throughout the rest of the season. All right, I'm going to let you start on the defensive side. Who you got? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. I didn't really know who to give it to on the defensive side. <laughs> um, it, it wasn't a super impressive performance, like we said, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they took a step back. I, I kind of, out of default, because he had 14 tackles, we'll give it to Bumper Pool. He had three tackles for loss. Um, but I, I, like I said, I wasn't incredibly impressed with anybody on the defensive side of the ball. The defensive line wasn't really able to get any pressure, and 
and the zone defense just didn't work this week. Um, so I'll give it to Bumper Pool. A lot of tackles still, but but kind of got exposed in the passing game. Uh, it was a tough choice this week on defense. Yeah, you know, it's funny. So tonight at our game, at our, at our, at our Natural State Sports Game of the Week at, at Sylvan Hills, um, it was really difficult for us to pick our player of the game in that game. And so, you know, as – and if you were there, if you got to watch it, you know, the most impressive part of the game for me for Sylvan Hills was how good they were, their offensive line was, and how good they, they've got a special running back um, in Tavion Cunningham, or yeah, Tavion Cunningham. And it would, that's who we ended up going with our player of the week, but I had to bring the whole offensive line out. So just because we had to give it to both. So by, by saying that, there's some weeks where you can give an entire unit. A, a yeah. player of the game, and there's some weeks where there's just not many guys you can get it to at all. And you're right, yeah. Bump, bumper pulls probably the most deserving this week when you look at the numbers: 14 tackles, three for a loss. You know, Simeon Blair played, you know, admirably. Um, you know, Grant Morgan still injured, still played fairly well. But I'm going to go with that. I'm going to stick with bumper pool as well. Right. Um, you know, just con- you know, especially coming off the injury out of the bye week, came out and, and just continues to put up a, a chunk of tackles, five solos, obviously, th- and, and big part three tackles for loss. So bumper mm-hmm. pool defensive player of the game for me as well. So as we yeah, hope- go ahead. I was just going to say, hopefully, it's a it, we have more more guys to choose from against Tennessee. Um, I think I think the defense will will bounce back and and ha- not have a repeat performance like they did against A and M. Yeah, a little little different uh, a little different team that they're going to be facing yeah. this week. So, oh yeah, for sure. Okay, so I a little I I'd, I'd be I'd feel bad if I didn't bring this up. So as we get to I guess the midpoint of the podcast, real quick, and we turn the page to Tennessee. So this is a funny story. I told you this story. I told the story in our group chat the other day. But I got to give some recognition to this person because I just think it's hilarious. So I I don't know. Some of you guys may not know this, but I'm a real estate agent by day. That's actually what pays me money. That's how I actually make money. So if you want to sell or buy a house, please call me. But so I have a really great lender contact. And I say lender contact, partner, good friend, my buddy Dio Venucci, who – roundabout way. I've learned a lot of neat things about you this week as well that I was not aware of too. So we won't get into all that, but maybe one day. Um, maybe, maybe you can sing as a ballad one of these days on the pod. Maybe <laughs> so. Yeah. So, but, uh, so Dio Venucci, good buddy of mine at Cornerstone Home Lending. Shameless free plug there for you, Dio. Um, so I'm talking to him this week about um, a, a work. It's a, it's a work phone call. And he proceeds to tell me this story. And he says, so I'm, I'm in my backyard, and I hear your voice. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. My wife is in the backyard on her phone, and she's and I walk up to her. I'm like, are you talking to Steve Henson? Why are you talking to Steve Henson? <laughs> and she's like, I'm not. I'm listening to a podcast. And he's like, what? Since when do you listen to a podcast? And so – I want to say thank you to Carrie Venucci for tuning in to our <laughs> podcast every single week. And she had to make sure that Dio understood that it is a Razorback podcast and we're the best Razorback podcast out there. And she has to listen to us. 100%. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Venucci's, for listening to us each and every week, even if Dio doesn't listen to us, buddy. Thank you <laughs> so much. But uh, don't worry, Dio. I'm not having secret conversations behind your back with your wife and I can't do anything about 
her listening to my wonderful, sexy, beautiful voice. So, (laughs) So, thanks to everyone that listens. We appreciate it. Our downloads have been absolutely phenomenal, um, especially since we've brought the great and awesome Tyler Davis on with us. So, um, really appreciate (laughs) everyone who listens, everyone who shares, all the the folks that have subscribed. Uh, Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button and share it to your friends and, uh, and, and let them know about this podcast and they won't have to find out the hard way like Dio. Cause he thought his wife was talking to me secretly on the phone. So, all right, moving on. And it's funny as we go around about, you know, the Venucci's, which is even funnier. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from, I'm from Benton. So we went to church together, Benton high school, know them from that way. So yeah, we have that connection there. Yeah. Crazy, 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 man. Just small world. It's funny. All right. So let's jump over to this Tennessee preview. This We come into this game, and I, I, let me go back. To, let me switch my screens here. So Tennessee leads the all-time series. Only the 19th matchup between these two teams, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. But Tennessee leads the all-time series 13-5. to five, But Arkansas has won the last two in the series. Mm-hmm. And, and so – Looking forward, I wish we could. I really wish we still played this game every year. I think we should. Yeah, I agree. I've been thinking that all week that Arkansas and Tennessee should should play every year. Yeah, it it would be a great. It would. It'd be better than Missouri. So yeah, um, I I would love to have this matchup every year. And and we've seemed to be kind of on similar tracks. Although we'll talk about this in a minute. But you know, Tennessee headed in a different direction currently. But both trying to get their programs back on solid footing. So uh, big matchup this week. Give me a little bit of your thoughts as we get into this game in terms of, you know, your thoughts on Tennessee and, and what they've looked for, look like so far this year. Yeah, just before I get into that, I know you mentioned the series. For for a series that's only had 18 games, there's been some, some pretty incredibly exciting contests. I mean, if you think about it, Arkansas won in 2015 um, on the road, which they were down 14 to nothing, gave up. I think the opening kickoff was a touchdown for Tennessee in that game, if I remember correctly. Um, and that was a big win to turn it around. Um, in 2011, the Joe Adams punt return that everybody's watched a million times. Um, the, the one time that college game day was, was in Fayetteville, 2006, was a Tennessee um, win for Arkansas. They lost in six overtimes. And then everybody knows, obviously, they don't want to talk about the Sterner fumble in 98. But the redemption game in 99. So this is a pretty storied series for one that hasn't played too many games. Uh, similar, similar programs at the moment, like you said. Um, both teams are two and three. Um, I would say from, from what I can see looking at the numbers, and I don't know how much, how much you want to get into it. We won't, we won't get into key matchups yet, but I was looking at both sides of the ball as far as offense and defense, and they're in a similar mold, I would say, to A&M. They're just not nearly as good as they are. Um, as far as the passing game, they're, they're 88th in the NCAA. They're only throwing for about 188 yards a game. Um, I know Pruitt announced recently that, that Jared Garantano, I believe is how you say it, and could be Garantano, doesn't really matter. I don't know. I want to say it correctly, but I think it's Garantano, um, that he's going to start this game. I know that ball fans weren't very happy about that. He's had a really up-and-down career there. I mean, he's got some talent, um, but he does turn the ball over, and he's very inconsistent with decision-making. Um, he, he has a 6'5 freshman backup that I don't, we may see. Who knows? Um, but I would say their, their biggest weapon on offense is, is Eric Gray in the backfield. Um, he's run for 370 yards and two touchdowns. He's also their second leading receiver, which is similar to A&M in that they had their, their second leading receiver was a running back. Um, but they're, they're not really 
elite in either area. I mean, they're 88th in passing and 77th in rushing. So um, they haven't really excelled in, in any area on offense and on defense. They're they're pretty average as well. I mean, 56th in, in rushing defense, giving up about 153 yards a game, which is a little bit better than Arkansas. Passing defense is nine is 75th in the NCAA, giving up 254 um, a game, and which is worse than Arkansas. Um, and they haven't been super disruptive, only picked off two passes. So I think there are definitely some areas on both sides of the ball that Arkansas can take advantage of. So you brought up the 2015 game, which made me go back and pull it back up because Andy and I were at that game. That was oh really yeah, it was our my first ever trip to good old Rocky Top, um, and we heard that song way too many times early. Yeah, I, I, that that experience was was a lot of fun though. That so first off. That stadium, for everything that people talk about, as big as it is, it is a dump. Like, that place. Really? Yeah, it was awful. You literally sit on top of one another. It's, oh. It was tough. And we, it was funny. We went, and it was pouring down. It was, there was a hurricane coming. Yeah, right? I remember the weather was horrible that, yeah, that day. Yeah, and the funny part about it is Andy and I are very bad about, like, we, we wait. We just <laughs> go to the game and buy tickets at the game. We hardly ever buy tickets beforehand. And so, because we can usually find them there pretty cheap, and, and we've done well at different stadiums. Well, in this one, I was like, well, I don't want to drive in a friggin' hurricane all the way out there. And then it, it you know, mm-hmm. when I, when I, so we waited. I think, I don't remember, I'm, I know I'm going to say the wrong amount, but it was crazy cheap. Like, we ended up sitting on like the 45 yard line, like 11 rows up, um, you know, right behind the Razorback bench. And I think we paid like, I, we might have paid 60 bucks. I, I really think it was like 40 wow. bucks. It was cheap yeah. because no one wanted to go because it was supposed to rain. And so <laughs> yeah. we get there, and it's like it rained a little bit, and then the sun came out. And it was dry. Of course, we were more wet from the sweat from wearing our freaking you know, rain gear the whole game when it never rained. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 the three things that I remember from that game the most was, yes, you're right, the opening kickoff return for a touchdown, and we were all like, oh, God, here we go. Uh, I think that was Eric Berry's brother or something. Something like that. <laughs> I could be wrong. But. I got that in front of me, actually, I think. No, maybe not. Let's see. Oh, they don't do that on here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just, it was. I just remember I, I just remember I wasn't able to watch that game, so I remember listening to it on the radio and, and being upset immediately because they had already scored on the opening kickoff. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was Evan Barry, 96 yards yeah. on the return. And then Arkansas went down quick, like 14 to nothing. We were down. And then the Alex Collins and Raleigh Williams show started after that, and they ran for like 200, mm-hmm. almost 300 yards, 254 yards, I think, or something between the two of them. And, um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And then the number three thing that I remember from that game was at halftime when we're just sitting there casually hanging out waiting for the second half to start, an entire, our entire section gets cleared because some jack wagon left a backpack in the middle of the stands and everyone thought it was a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here we are, like, 20 feet from this supposed bomb in the middle of Neyland Stadium. Like, awesome, we're going to die in Tennessee. This is what I want. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, to get back on track. Um, yes, I, th- this, this game is very – this is a very intriguing game. And, and I went back. It was so I was doing some some last second prep work and running through some different things, and I found something interesting on KnoxNews.com. So we're gonna obviously we're gonna give our our predictions here in just a little bit, but I thought this was really funny. Before we get into our keys of the game, key matchups. Um, so Tennessee versus Arkansas score predictions from KnoxNews.com's experts. This just shows you where these two programs are. 
if, mm-hmm. if at the beginning of the season, I would have told you that one, two, three, four, five, six, out of six volunteer beat writers, that four of them would pick Arkansas to win this game, you'd probably look at me like I was an idiot. Wow. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so Blake top my, and, and the, 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 the tone is basically the same in all of these. Blake Topmeyer says Tennessee 27-24, but he says if the Vols don't play with a sense of urgency, they never w- in this game they never will. And basically that <laughs> Saturday can either jumpstart this season, do or, or die, stick yeah. a fork in it. Um, Mike Wilson says Arkansas 31-24, and just basically says both teams have the same record, but Arkansas is a better team, and Traylon Burks looks like a nightmare for Tennessee's poor secondary. <laughs> Will Backus picks Arkansas twenty four to fourteen, and uh, it says Arkansas has vastly exceeded expectations this far. While Tennessee is headed into the opposite direction, Arkansas's sneaky good wide receiver unit could have a field day. And let's see, Tommy D's picks Arkansas twenty to seventeen, and this is maybe my favorite. The Razorbacks have a surprisingly strong defense and seem to at least all be on the same page. Tennessee is a mess, <laughs> and that mess doesn't get sorted out here. <laughs> and then Adam Sparks, he's the other, the second one to pick Tennessee, picks him 24-21. Says Arkansas is on the rise, but the Vols, well, a win here could reboot optimism, but a, mo- a loss may send this season into a tailspin. It says there's a lot on the line for Jeremy Pruitt. Like, could, wow. could are, are we serious? Like, could Jeremy Pruitt really be fired at the end of this year if Tennessee? Arkansas is going to get him fired. Sounds like <laughs> it. I mean, like, that's crazy to me. I mean, I know. Pruitt's, but, but I would think, and I've, I've read some stuff on this too. I mean, I would think they'd go after Cheney before they'd go after Pruitt, but that's just my thought. Yeah, it doesn't sound like they have a very inflated view of themselves at the moment. Um, definitely, I mean, I know Arkansas is coming off a loss, but like you said, just reading that and judging by what you see on social media and different websites, um, definitely the trajectory of both schools is. is in opposite directions, the feeling of the fan base in opposite directions. So Arkansas can hopefully can continue on that momentum and, and, and capitalize on that. This was another, I missed this one, Gentry Estes picked Arkansas 24-23. He says, this is a line in the sand game for the Vols. And this just tells you the difference in what, what the perception of Arkansas is. So this is a line in the sand game for the Vols if there ever was one. Prior to the season, I wouldn't have thought this game would be close. But yet, here we yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, the 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 respect, and we talked about that last week. But the respect that Arkansas is getting from outside of the state of Arkansas right now is impressive. Even coming off a loss mm-hmm. against A M, and so you know, I'm looking forward to this one. You brought up Garantano and and his struggles, and and we'll see how that works out for them, and and, and what he can do this week. But you know, by the numbers, when we look at it. Arkansas, actually the matchup predictor by ESPN's FPI, has Arkansas a 53% chance to win this game. And Tennessee's a two-point favorite, which is really odd to me in Fayetteville. I'm not yeah, sure. I yeah, incredibly that. weird. Um, I'm not sure what they're seeing. Maybe there's some COVID situations that we're not privy to. I don't know. But, uh, I, yeah, anyway, I'm not, I'm not sure where they're getting those numbers at. Um, but, I mean – Overall numbers wise, you 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 know you put those out there just a second ago, but I mean fairly even when you look at it just from a numbers perspective. Yeah, and and like I'm, like I said before, I th- I think that the way that they want to play um, is similar to Texas A and M, and I think probably the defensive game plan that Arkansas will have 
will hopefully be more versatile but similar to, to A&M in that you want to make the quarterback beat you. And obviously I, I trust Mond. I don't trust Mond that much. I do a lot more now after playing against him, but I trust him a lot more than I do Garantano. So um, I, I think that they're pretty pretty average in just about every single facet. And, and I think that, that Arkansas, while Arkansas is somewhat of an average team, I think there are areas that Arkansas is above average, and that's going to ultimately be the difference in this one. All right. You want to get into a couple of the key matchups here? Yeah, I just, I just jotted a couple down. I mean, obviously, uh, Garantano against the Arkansas secondary. Um, Arkansas kind of lived, lived and, and died off of forcing turnovers this year, especially interceptions. Um, and, and he's, he's turnover prone. He will make bad decisions. He'll force throws. Just look at the Kentucky game. He had a couple in that one. I think he only threw for 88 yards that game. And Arkansas secondary really needs a bounce back game here. Um, and I think they'll get a lot more help from the defensive line, um, than they did against Texas A&M. Um, Tennessee's offensive line is, is not on the level of A&M. Um, I think they're, they've actually given up 11 sacks this year. Um, A&M's 88th in passing offense. So um, if Arkansas could, could really force them to throw the ball, I think that's an area they can have success. And then obviously on the flip side, kind of the same thing, just, just Felipe Franks and Traylon Burks against Tennessee's defense. Um, they're giving up um, almost 260 passing yards a game, including 387 last week um, to Mac Jones. They've only picked off two passes. Um, and Felipe has history. I mean, he's played Tennessee. When he was at Florida, he was 2-0. Um, in 2018, he beat him 47-21, um, had three touchdowns uh, and a rushing touchdown. In 2017, he beat him by six, had 212 yards and two touchdowns. So he's played them. He's familiar with them. And I think that he can have a, a, another big game against the Vols. Yeah, so to me, one of the key men, you hit on a lot of them there. I won't, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, continue to build on it and just talk to talk. But, you know, yeah, I, in one key matchup, Josh Palmer, the wide receiver for Tennessee, is their leading, leading receiver, 19 mm-hmm. catches, 295 yards on the season, four touchdowns. He's averaging 15 and a half yards a catch. That's a guy that Arkansas is going to have to figure out how to, how to, how to control and how to contain. Right. That's a big piece. You know, obviously, you know, A&M, or, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm, keep, I'm going backwards here. So, uh, <laughs> you, and then you, of course, you've got uh, you've got the running game and Eric Gray. You mentioned him earlier. Another really good piece, sophomore running back that uh, he's averaging uh, what he's got 355 yards uh, on the season, two rushing touchdowns. Um, he's averaging about four and a half yards a carry. And so, you know, those are two of the guys that Arkansas is really going to have to key on um, because I think as often, you know, as we watched last week, you know, offensively Arkansas you know, kind of came out of their shell and looked pretty good. And I think this is a week that they can you know, they can do even more. And to me, so the question here when you start thinking about key matchups is how this secondary does against these wide receivers, you know, especially a guy like Palmer. And then also how these linebackers in the defensive line fares against a guy like Eric Gray. And can you control the running game? And again, you know, we said it last week about Mond, and you mentioned it just now, but, you know, in this game, it's very important to force Garantano to be the guy for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you want me to go ahead and jump into this, but that's that's my first key to the game to, for success for Arkansas is, is to stop Gray and Chandler in that running game and, and to make Garantano be the guy to win the game because I just don't think he's capable of doing it. I mean, I think it's a similar game plan that you had against the Aggies, um, but it's a different quarterback, and I just think it'll be a different result I think I think getting pressure and making Garantino uncomfortable is going to make all the difference in the world 
And I think they're going to be able to do that a lot more successfully than they did against A&M. Um, and like you said, I mean, they need to continue that offensive progression that they've made all year. I mean, every single game, it seems like they've taken steps to be a better offense. They've implemented new plays. They, the, the running game has gradually come along and sort of broke out last week. So if they can get a good dual attack with Boyd and Smith and, and, and even mix in that, that running game with, with Felipe, because I think the more they're able to run the ball with Rakeem and, and Traylon Smith, the more open in space that Felipe is going to have on read options. Um, obviously give Traylon Burks the football any way that you can um, and, and keep Felipe cr- uh, cl- clean in the pocket. Um, don't turn the ball over. But I think one important area, and I was actually a little bit surprised at how good Arkansas stats were here, but it is the red zone. It seems like lately to me, or at least in multiple games, um, Arkansas hasn't quite finished drives. I know I'm just saying them, they were forced to kick a few field goals and they missed two of them um, instead of being able to punch it in and score. But they're actually 39th in the country in red zone offense. Um, they're scoring at about 88.9% of the time, 11 touchdowns and 18 appearances. Um, but Tennessee doesn't have a very good red zone defense. They're 88th in the nation. Um, they're giving up a scores on 90.9% of the time and 13 touchdowns and 22 appearances. Um, so I think that if they can get away from the gadget plays, like the jet sweeps and the changing of quarterbacks, the trick plays, I know they had Traylon Burks throw a pass in the red zone last game, and just run their normal offense and finish drives with touchdowns instead of field goals. Um, if you're forced to kick a field goal, obviously you need to make it. But score six instead of three, I think, I think that, that'll go a long way to helping them win the game. Yeah, and I had four different notes here in my keys of the game, and I'll jump into them as well. So, you know, before the A&M game, I remember I, I just – I didn't participate in these arguments. I, I stayed away from them. But uh, there was a lot of back and forth between Razorback fans and, and, and really the A&M fans coming out. Well, Arkansas is not very good. They just – you know, if we, can, if we can not commit any turnovers, Arkansas doesn't have a chance. And, I mean – I mean, every team can say that coming into a game. I mean, yeah, of course, if you don't turn the ball over, you got a better chance to win. But a big key to this game is turnovers. Tennessee has turned yeah. the ball over eight times in their last ten quarters, and half of those have been returned for a touchdown by the defense. <laughs> yeah, and they've been outscored. I th- I'm going to get this stat wrong. I think it's like it's it's insane. In those in those same th- ten quarters, I think it's like. 134 to 17 or something it's it's an insane number like they've yeah they're just getting killed so get turnovers that goes into the next piece get to garantana garantana whatever his name is he's (laughs) he's a mistake waiting to happen you saw that in the in the kentucky game where they had four straight turnovers including back-to-back pick sixes and and so you want him with the ball in his hands. He's not a guy, and, and, and hopefully this doesn't backfire on me, but he's not a guy that is going to go out there and is going to beat you. He's just not. They need their other pieces. And, and if you put, like you said, you put pressure on him and he's going to make a ton of mistakes. And then a, a third piece for me, special teams. Just don't screw yeah. up. Do your job. Make the field goals. Snap the ball properly. Turn the ball laces out. Kick the ball through the uprights punt the ball, don't get anything blocked, just do your job. Please, Scott mm-hmm. Fountain and special teams, just do your job this week. That's all we need. And We're on, begging you. <laughs> yes. And then on third down, offensively, stay on the field and let the running game eat, which will lead to these receivers taking advantage of this poor Tennessee secondary. And then defensively, return to form on third down. Arkansas has been one of yeah. the best teams in the conference uh, on third down uh, defensively. Got away from them last week. 
get off the field on third down and none of this third and Chavis this week. Let's let's get off the field. Let's you know. Let's give our off. Let's put our offense back on the field because you think about it. Last week was a week where you know we've talked about how tired the defense has gotten because the offense hasn't helped them out. Last week the offense got the job done and helped them out, and the defense you know kind of let them down. So this is a week where the defense needs to get off the field, force those turnovers, and really, really, really harass Garantano. Yeah, it seemed like both sides kind of switched roles last week against A and M. Um, but I, I really feel like this is a game where Arkansas has the potential to put it all together on both sides. I mean, I, I think that Tennessee is the type of team where, obviously, I mean, they're, they have enough talent. They actually have more talent than Arkansas does. So they're fully capable of beating the Razorbacks. But it just feels like where these teams sit right now, more more wise and, and just with how they've played lately, this feels like a game where Arkansas could really put together a complete performance on both sides of the ball, uh, really for the first time all season. All right. So I think this is your week to pick first. I could, I'm pretty sure I went last week. So official picks, who you got? Okay. Well, obviously I was, I was wrong about both Arkansas and A&M. And as much as I hate to admit it, that you were right. Um, Hey, wait, Mark, I, I, I got to make sure that's recorded. You were right. That, that doesn't happen very right. often at all. I don't get that often, so I got to. I'm, I'm giving it to you. You were right. Um, I, along with a lot of other Razorback fans, was probably I was probably a little bit overconfident going into that game, and I wasn't giving the Aggies the credit that they deserve. Um, but Arkansas is obviously a much better team than they have been. Um, they're just not quite ready to beat the SEC elite. Um, and A&M has the ingredients to be an SEC top contender. I mean, like you said, it's possible they could run the table and go nine and one. Um, we'll see about that. But Tennessee, on the other hand, they're they're not on that level. While they do have that talent advantage that I mentioned a second ago, um, I think Arkansas has a clear coaching advantage. And overall, I just think they're a better team. I think Tennessee they got dominated by a not very good Kentucky team, and then followed that up with another beating um, by Alabama. So. They're kind of limping into this one, and I think that the Arkansas gets to come back home, gets a night game, another night game in prime time. It's like we went two years playing at 11 a.m. every single week, and now every week. I don't know if we'll have an 11 a.m. game all, all year. It's I don't think crazy. so. Not looking like it. Next week, 632. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty impressive. Um, but like I said multiple times, I think Tennessee is, is kind of in the mold of Texas A&M. They're just not near as good, and I think that bodes well for Arkansas. I think Arkansas needs to stop the run um, and, like we said, make JG beat them, force turnovers, and continue to blossom on the offensive side of the ball. And I just think, ultimately, I think they can flat out score more points than Tennessee will be capable of doing in this one. Um, So I think Arkansas will remain undefeated against the spread. I think they get back to 500, and I think they beat Tennessee 38-27. to I like that. I like that pick. So – We've talked about this all night on the pod, or all pod. The numbers are fairly similar. Arkansas, 25 points a game. A&M, 20, or Tennessee, 10, 22 points a game. Tennessee's given up 33 points a game. Arkansas's given up roughly 29 points a game. I, it, Tennessee comes into this game with a feeling of circling the drain. Like they, And you, you read all the stuff that's been put out by some of their writers. Not a lot of confidence being exuded out of Knoxville right now. 
Uh, one thing that I read that I found to be really interesting um, was their their frustration at this point, I think, with Jim Chaney when you read some of the things that are out there. Uh, you know, And it was some of the frustrations, I think, that Arkansas fans had with Chaney when he was here was the, right. you know, the lack of consistency, not really knowing what – you know, what your identity was on offense. And that's kind of followed him to Tennessee as they just haven't really shown that identity offensively and they've struggled this year. And because of that, I think this is a, a get-right game for this Arkansas defense. I think this defense is very opportunistic in this game. And, and you know, last week I struggled with my pick. I went all week, back and forth, really yeah. up until we started recording the pod. I was picking A&M in that game and, and, then, and then changed my mind and went Arkansas. And if I wouldn't have done that, I'd have a two-game lead on you. But anyway. Um, yeah. I appreciate the charity. Yeah. And so as we as, – as, you know, as I look at it this week, I just I, – I just – I don't have any confidence in Tennessee. And, no. and more importantly, I know that people are going to look at this as being, oh, well, Tennessee's coming off a bye week. They've got an extra week to prepare. They, they've had an extra week to get healthy. They've – you know, well, Arkansas came out of the Texas A&M game pretty darn healthy and probably just as healthy as they've been at any point yeah. th- this year. And, and so – um, as as to to me the the big key matchup that I didn't really talk about in key matchups, but I want to talk about now is the physicality that's going to come into this game. And I think we saw it a little bit last week against A and M for Arkansas, where you know the key for that game was for Arkansas to match A and M's you know physicality. And I think having the week off and taking some time to heal some bumps and bruises might have taken the edge away from Arkansas. And I think yeah. the same thing happens this week with Tennessee. I think Arkansas is going to punch Tennessee in the mouth a few times early in this game, and I think Tennessee's not going to be able to recover from it. And I actually like Arkansas to win this game without too much stress. God, I hope I'm right because now I'm stressing even thinking about it. <laughs> but I like Arkansas 38-20 to 20 in this game. I like it. I, I actually, before I said changed it to 27, I had 38-21, and I'm like, I, I feel like maybe I'm being too confident. So I, I, I feel like I'm on the same wavelength as you are. I, I really do feel like Arkansas can, can handedly win this game if they put it together on both sides of the ball. And I just think it's a perfect opportunity to do that. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think the confidence is warranted this week. I mean, it's funny coming into the season. I liked Tennessee just because of their, their kind of their faux little uh, winning streak they winning had. Streak. Yeah, yeah. I thought that Arkansas, I thought that Tennessee would be, yeah, I thought they would be a little better than they are right now. Obviously they've, you know, the Kentucky loss was big, but you know, the losses yeah. to Georgia and Alabama, you kind of expect those things. I mean, those are just those team, two teams are the best teams in the sec. Uh, and so mm-hmm. not, a, not surprising there. So yeah, I mean, I think the confidence is warranted this week. I think hog fans should be extremely confident. And, and I think we should, I think we're going to have a lot of fun watching this game on Saturday evening. So, yes. So, getting to the picks. Let's get into our SEC pick them real quick. We'll run through this, and we might actually have a pod that's less than an hour. So, wow. Yeah. Um, so, last week, no big changes. I actually didn't update the numbers as far as what the actual – I just know I'm still up one um, because we picked all the same games last week. Uh, yeah. And so, no, no changes there. It's still a one-point advantage for me. And let me get switched. Hang on a second. Switch over. There's only three other games, right? Did I did I read that correctly? Yeah, you're right. There's only four games this week. So okay. Let's start. Let's go down here to the crap bowl, and uh, we'll start (laughs) with Vanderbilt's at Mississippi State, a game that Mississippi State (laughs) is favored to win by 19 points. (laughs) 
and an over-under of 45. Uh, how <laughs> ugly is this game going to be? Yeah, I mean, it's what a sight for sore eyes. I mean, my gosh. Uh, is anybody going to watch this game? I think it's the first question. Um, Vandy just flat out sucks, and then Mississippi State also sucks. But And on top of that, they're losing players left and right. So I, I think that they still have enough talent to win the game. And, and, but I honestly think it'll be closer than what the, what the spread is. The Bulldogs are really struggling, and, and Vanderbilt usually finds a way to give people somewhat of a game, um, but their defense just isn't, isn't on par to what it's been in the past. I feel like this game can either be incredibly ugly or insanely entertaining. So it, it could go either way. Who knows? But I doubt anybody's around to see it. And either way, um, the result will have no consequences in the grand scheme of things in the SEC. Um, but I think Mississippi State wins by, by a touchdown or so. Okay, so two things. One, no, no one's going to watch this game because the <laughs> SEC stupidly put it at 2.30 right across from the Florida-Georgia game. So, no, no one's going to watch this game other than, like, the 12 that people. That was probably with, on purpose. Maybe so. <laughs> yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe so. The, the other thing that comes to mind real quickly when I see this game is the spread is 19 points for Mississippi State. Can, can Mississippi State score 19 points? Like, I don't even yeah, know if they can I, score that. So... Yeah. Have they scored 19 points in, the, in all of the games combined since, <laughs> since week one? I don't know. Maybe not. I don't. I may, may not have. I mean, I know Vanderbilt's bad, but man. So <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna have fun with this one. I'm gonna try to gain a gain on game on you, and I'm gonna say Vanderbilt gets their first I win about of the it. SEC. <laughs> I like it. I thought about picking Vanderbilt just because Mississippi State has looked horrible. I mean, I don't know where the confidence is in them winning by 19. Um, I think it'll be a pretty close contested game. So. Who knows what will happen? Yeah. I mean, and it's just – it's crazy when you think about it. Like, Mississippi State comes out of that LSU game, and they've got bandwagons. They've got right. – I mean, they are just on top of the world. Like, Costello's going to throw for 800 yards a game. I mean, this is just going to be the most fun. And why didn't Mike Leach come to the SEC before? Now they, like, <laughs> have no wheels. They've, they have no quarterbacks. They have no running back. They have – I mean, it's like – this, there's just nothing going. Starkville, everyone's trying to get out of Starkville, and I can't blame them. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vandy's going to come in there and make them all wish that Starkville didn't exist. That's my feeling this week. <laughs> Can you imagine though, if if Vanderbilt does win this game? I mean, Bulldog fans have to be feeling pretty bad. I mean, they, they already have the opposite of momentum, so yeah. that that would be a pretty crushing. I mean, they may not have any scholarship players left if that happens. Yeah, and I can't imagine a scenario um, where Mike Leach would get fired after this season, but also right. I couldn't have imagined a scenario where you know Mississippi State last year would wait till after the recruiting class was done to say to 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 kick Joe Moorhead to this to the to the curb. So you never know what they're going to do down <laughs> in Starkville. They're a wild card. So, yeah, exactly. So all right, six o'clock game on ESPN. Texas A&M at South Carolina, sneaky, intriguing game. A&M's a 10-point favorite, 59 points is the over-under. As I look at this game, like, it it seems interesting. I think it, it could be an interesting game to go alongside the Arkansas game, but I won't watch probably any of it. Um, right. But I'm taking Texas A&M in this game. I, I, I think A&M... I think A&M covers in this game. I think A&M's got some things to prove, um, and and I'm not sure which direction South Carolina's currently headed. So I like Texas A&M in this game. Yeah, I, I know it's a road game for A&M, but I was a little bit surprised that 
the line for this game wasn't higher than, than it was for the Arkansas game. Um, South Carolina was dominated by LSU, who's been really bad. I mean, they were just completely embarrassed by Auburn last week. So, um, and A&M's a really good team. I, I finally admit it. I can get that off my chest. Um, I, 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 I did. <laughs> I, I've been chewing over that for a long time. But they're a good team. I have to give them their props. Um, and I, I honestly think that they win this game pretty comfortably. I mean, I think it's at least two scores. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. On to the big cocktail party. Jacksonville, Florida, TIA Bankfield, Florida, Georgia. It is the game of the week in the SEC. It's your CBS 230 game. Georgia comes into the game favored by three and a half with an over and under, over under a 52 and a half. Tyler, what the heck happens in this game? I'm really intrigued to know who you're going to pick in this game because I kind of want to pick the opposite. But um, obviously it's the biggest game of the year in the SEC East. Um, you have that, that really vaunted Gator offense that, that's going against the dominant Georgia defense. And I, I've kind of been on Team Kirby in Georgia, um, the Georgia bandwagon all year when it comes to who's the best team in the East. Um, but to be completely honest, I've kind of shifted a little bit towards um, later games. Um, I, I just think Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, and Dan Mullen have have the ingredients that it takes to pull this upset. Um, I don't trust what George is doing on offense and what Kirby Smart is doing at quarterback. Um, they weren't impressive to me at all against Kentucky, um, although they have a, a really, really good defense. I mean, Alabama showed that, that a, good, a really good offense can put points up on them. And I just think, I think offensively Florida has enough weapons and schematically, they'll be able to come up with enough plays uh, and formations to be able to, to put up points on the board. I think they outlast them, and I think Florida wins on a late touchdown pass. Oh, this is a fun week. This is, this is a lot of fun this week. We're going to have a couple of them that are going to be different. So I, agree I was with, hoping so. Yeah, so I agree with you. Georgia did not look good against Kentucky last week. But I'm going to chop that up to Georgia was just looking ahead to this matchup. Possible. My real question is, can – Dan Mullen and Florida contained themselves enough to not have another knockdown, drag out, throwdown fight in the game and have half their team suspended for the Arkansas game. I, I, it wouldn't hurt my feelings one bit. Florida, and I don't even know that the guys at Florida is going to be missing for the first half of this game or, or anything that's worth getting overly worked up about. I, I actually right. honestly haven't paid attention to who they are. But that being said, I, I don't, I, I just. I know Florida offensively is really good, and I know that Georgia struggled offensively, you know, especially in that game against, you know, really the second half against Alabama and then against Kentucky. But I think this is one of those games where Georgia figures out a way to get things back. Florida, you know, yes, Florida handled business against Missouri, but, you know, they kind of slept, slept walked through the first part of that game, and, and Missouri kind of hung around early. and then, Well, and then, they, they were just looking ahead to Georgia. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> and, and obviously they looked much better against, a, you, know, a, a, you know, an on-par opponent to what Georgia played in Kentucky, I would, I would say. And so, yeah, maybe Florida's got a little momentum there. Maybe they're amped up because after the fight, I don't know, their coach, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I like I like Georgia in this game simply because they're they're going to be the team that plays defense in this game. And while I think that the offenses will get theirs, I think Florida's you know they're going to be able to scheme this thing up enough that they're going to be able to move the ball down the field. I like what Georgia does on defense, and I think their defensive line is the difference in this game. And I think they get to Trask, and I think they handle business against Florida. I like Georgia in this game. I like Georgia. Eh, 
I think they cover the spread and probably I think this is a touchdown or less game, maybe a four or five point game, something in those in that category. But I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch. But I like Georgia this week to handle business against Florida. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how it, how it unfolds. I'm glad you picked Georgia because like I honestly thought you probably would because honestly I I was going to I mean all year I kind of surprised myself with this pick, but I kind of. I'm, I'm feeling like a wild card myself this week. I think Florida's offense just figures out a way to win the game. Honestly, I don't. I don't really care either way who wins, but uh, I just hope it's a good game. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, either way, I think you know if Florida wins, does it make? I don't know. I'm just. I'm. I'm thinking out loud to myself right now, but. Florida beats Georgia. Does people think, oh, well, you know, A&M beat Florida. So, you know. Hey, right. So maybe, I don't know, roundabout way, it's better for Arkansas if Florida wins this game. But, yeah, I'm with you. I, at the end of the day, I mean, if you know, Georgia beats them, then, I mean, hey, we almost we played Georgia really well. So whatever. I don't know. We'll find out more when we play Florida <laughs> next week. So. Yeah. All right. Look at there. We're right at an hour. We made it work. So. Uh, let's see. What did I miss tonight? I got everything. We got everything in our, in the, in the lineup over here. You got anything yeah. else for us? Um, no, not really. I just, I'm glad Arkansas is playing Tennessee again. I'm always excited when these two teams match up. Um, we talked about all the different battles that they've had in the past and, um, uh, maybe, maybe hopefully this is not another week where my, my confidence gets me and, and Arkansas lets me down, but it just feels like a game that Arkansas can really play well um, and can get another SEC victory in, in a primetime spot. Yep, I agree. I'm I'm really excited about this week, and um, I'm I'm on the overconfident bad. Hopefully not the overconfident. I'm on the confidence bandwagon <laughs> this week, and, and and really looking forward to seeing Arkansas get back in the win column. And uh, before we get there, I want to say thank you to Heart of Grace Outdoors as they have been our sponsor for our Natural State Sports Game of the Week. And my good buddy, Wes Roberts, is the owner of Heart of Grace Outdoors. And he's also the subject of our documentary coming up at the end of this month. And uh, as we're going to follow, start our series on following Wes around as he returns to the sport of tournament fishing that he's been out of for about 13 years. So really looking forward to that. But I want to say special thank you to Heart of Grace Outdoors for being our primary sponsor for these Natural State Sports Game of the Week. And don't forget... I'm all kinds of excited because tomorrow night I will get to call my first ever football game from War Memorial Stadium as Razorback Razorback commit Landon Rogers. And unfortunately, we won't get to see Aaron Outley as he's out with a knee injury, um, but also hopefully future Razorback as well, James Joyner in the uh, running back. So a lot of talent on that field. And coincidentally, on the other side of that field (laughs) is an ex-Razorback quarterback that a lot of guys know, a lot of folks know by the name of Ryan Mallett. So stay tuned. I'm going to hopefully have a nice interview with Mallett at some point tomorrow. Hey, maybe it'll lead us to get him on the podcast so looking oh, yeah, yeah looking forward to that you know i'm gonna slip in my card and be like hey <laughs> you come on the pod with us sometime let's let's chop up some razorback football so looking forward to that looking forward to that game tomorrow night 6 30 live on all of our networks youtube facebook arprepfb.com other than that man i guess i've spoke enough i've talked enough i don't guess i really have anything else to say and if you're done then i guess i'm good yeah, and I think we've covered about all there is to cover with this game. I mean, I think volunteer orange is still the worst color in the conference. Um, always want to beat Tennessee when you have the opportunity, and, and Saturday's the perfect chance to do that. Yeah, and thank goodness we won't have to hear that freaking Rocky Top all day. So. Oh, praise <laughs> the Lord. Yes. Rocky Bottom. Yes, Rocky Bottom. All right, enjoy the game. <laughs> 630, 
Was that SEC Network, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 6.30, SEC Network. Hogs and Vols. Hogs going to win. Looking forward to it. Until next week, when we have a nice special guest that you may want to hang around for, Woo Pig.